Please stand and read New City Catechism question 52 with me. What hope does everlasting life hold for us? It reminds us that this present fallen world is not all that there is. Soon we will live with and enjoy God forever in the new city, in the new heaven and the new earth, where we will be fully and forever freed from all sin and will inhabit renewed resurrection bodies in a renewed, restored creation. Revelation 21, 1 through 4. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. The word of God for the people of God. Seated. What a beautiful service today. Just the presence of the Holy Spirit and people moved on to come to the altar and pray. It's been beautiful. Well, we've heard this text uh, twice now out of Revelation 21, 1 through 4. I've been in a series, and thus we have been in a series for 52 weeks, which today concludes with the new heaven and the new earth. It concludes with this basic foundational teaching about the new creation, about what does what hope does everlasting life hold for us. So it's an exciting day for me because... You know, I've been working on this series of these basic foundational truths that we as Christians believe, and now we conclude with what hope does everlasting life hold for us, and it's glorious. It's glorious, as we see from this text. So I want to look at that hope, that hope that everlasting life holds for us, and within this text and other scriptures, I want us to also see that what this answer to this question was, that this present fallen world is not all that there is. Amen? And then next, to focus on maybe some ideas that we had, uh, and then looking at from Scripture, how Scripture shows us the coming down, where it says in the Scripture, the coming down of heaven to earth looking at that and some meaning in that and one important part is just being freed from all sin and lastly just the renewed body that we'll have in a renewed earth in a renewed creation so let's begin with hope that hope that we have in everlasting life uh, revelation 21 
the beginning was that there will be a new heaven and a new earth. What, what hope does that mean? What future hope does that give to us as Christians? And I want to look at the people in that this text is written to. It's written to churches, we see in Revelation, that are many of them struggling with many hardships like we do in life. And so John is giving this revelation of Jesus and then concluding here in this point in 21 and 22 with this vision of what the new creation looks like, like all the everlasting, the hope that you have in everlasting life concludes with this. So no matter what you're going through in life, look at this and this future hope will help change your paradigm shift of what you're going through now. Like, And for them, it was a lot of hardships. It was a lot of suffering. It was a lot of kind of, you know, incomplete many things in their life. Like, I wanted this. I was dreaming of this. I was hoping for this. And now my life is this. And it was a lot of suffering. We see that there was a lot of suffering uh, within the church. We see in the beginning of the church in Acts 7, the stoning of Stephen. And we see this man named Saul who was approving of his execution and stoning. And then right after that in Acts 8, we see that a severe persecution broke out. In Acts 12, we see Herod, uh, the king over that area, killing James, the brother of John, with the sword. These little serious persecutions that were breaking out hardships. And in this text, in Revelation, in 1.9, John says, I, John, your brother, and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom. It's interesting, in the kingdom there was tribulation. They were under God's, Jesus' rule and reign, and yet they were going through tribulation. So John, the apostle, is opening up this letter in Revelation 1.9, and he's saying, I'm your brother and partner in the tribulation and in the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus. They're in Jesus. That's our source for enduring these tribulations in the kingdom. He said, I was on the island called Patmos, and on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. That's why he was exiled there for for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus. This was uh, late in the life. The other, most of the other apostles had all been martyred. We already looked at some of them, Acts 12, where well, we saw Stephen martyred, but then Acts 12 is where James, uh, the brother of John, was martyred. Under Nero, we see earlier his reign between 54 and 68, Peter and Paul were executed. And then now under Domitian, great persecution broke out upon the Christian church and John is exiled under that rule for the testimony of Jesus, for the word of God. And John gives him this revelation in 21. He says, look, all the death, all the mourning, all the crying, all the tears that you're undergoing will be no more. And this vision of this future hope 
allowed them, it was so powerful in their life that they're now, no matter what they were going through, was made less. Paul said this momentary, temporary. He used those two words in Romans. These momentary and temporary tribulations are not to be compared with the glory. So you see the difference of the glory there? And like these Christians, it was real. I don't know, today, did, in, in some way, uh, I just give thanks to God for the, our worship team and their genuineness of heart to worship and sing and for us to be able to bask in the presence of the Lord and just experience like, this is real. We need that reminder, right? That encouragement that God is real. God is on his throne. Jesus is real. And I pray that you, you, you experience that in some measure all the time, you know, when we gather here to, to sing together. But that experience of the presence of the Lord and that knowledge of, of God and what he has for us, this is like a taste of that. Like when you experience his manifest presence here, there is something still more glorious that awaits. And so John is giving this revelation to suffering Christians. We not, might not be uh, suffering like these Christians were, but we have hardships and we have tribulation and God sees those and he cares about them. He cares about the struggles as Rifle prayed and through our liturgy we prayed, you know, that the struggles might be varying and different, but for us, our struggles are our struggles. Maybe with our children or grandchildren, things that we hope in the world that aren't coming true. We don't see them being fulfilled. We see something happening in the world, an ill in the world, a sin in the world that's happening, that's bringing those things down. And yet we're in the kingdom. We're, we're, we're trying to live underneath the rule and reign of Christ. And yet these hardships are still affecting us. And John gives these people a vision of a future that is so glorious, it changes their now. And it really can. It really can if we can grasp it in some measure. Hope can change our now. One example of this, a story um, I first heard from Tim Keller. He was talking about somebody putting a widget on a wadget. And most people don't know what those things are, but it's just a monotonous thing to do, a real simple task to do. And for some people, it's kind of like assembly line work, but all of our work can become like that. It becomes hard, whether it's, um, you know, it's, it's repetitive, right? And a lot of life is repetitive and it becomes like putting a widget on a wadget. Things get hard, they break down, it gets harder and harder. And then as you get older and older, that's why they look at a Richard and go, hey man, you're 70 up on this trail, lifting with boulders with a 35. So, you know, and I'm a 30 year old guy, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm amazed you made it. Like there, and that you were challenging yourself to even come. So we can be encouraged by seeing others because as life goes on a lot of times life gets harder for us as we wrestle with these issues it gets repetitive and how does hope work there well like an example would be if a guy was doing a monotonous job like putting widgets on wadgets or assembly line you know your one deal is to put this screw in this and assemble this and the next guy's doing that and you're doing that all day for eight hours a day and just say for example you tell this one person that is doing that job we're going to pay you at the end of the year a $20,000 bonus or something. And it's like, well, okay, that sounds a little bit better. And then another person, you tell him, doing the same job, 
we're going to give you a $20 million bonus at the end of the year. So this guy is so burnt and fried on his job after two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, whatever. He's like, this isn't worth it. I'm going to get another job. This is just driving me crazy. I can't do it. This person, on the other hand, is over here going, why? The future hope, his future hope is different, right? I mean, that's the only difference. They're doing the same job that this person sees at the end of that year. I got two million coming. <laughs> so this job is going to be easy for a year. He has a different outlook, see? And, and John's giving the the churches that he's writing to in this book of the revelations of Jesus, that Jesus, in the end of his revelation, is a kingdom that comes, that's a beautiful new city coming down from heaven, beautifully adorned like a bride. So I, I think, you know, John, this, the most beautiful thing that he could think of is going to a wedding and seeing, you know, a bride adorned. Uh, probably the most beautiful uh, that possibly we talked about youth fading away quickly slipping by but that day of that wedding probably the most beautiful that woman will ever look you know on that wedding day that that day and so John's using that example of this new city coming down this new hope this new heaven this new earth so this future hope changes us this everlasting life that we will have is not a future of boredom. It's not a future where we go, oh, that don't change anything about my life. It's something that is so appealing and so beautiful that it changes your now. And that's what hope does. And this is the hope that John's giving in Revelation 21 and all through the book in many places. But in our text today, he saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Now, so this next point is the present fallen world is not all there is. That's what's said in the cate uh, catechism answer. The basic foundation is that this world and what you see is not all there is. This material world and this earth and the way it is, especially fallen, corrupted with sin, every, everybody admits that. Everybody admits in the world, no matter what religion you are or non or agnostic, that there's some ills in the world. There's some uh, things in the world that are broken. And how can we make it better? Now, that's where things change. How to make it better. How to bring answers to the ills in this world. And the Bible has a very specific way that through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus that is through where, where change comes, where transformation comes, where renewal comes, where restoration comes. And so this present fallen world is not all that there is we see in this first verse of 21 verse 1 the first heaven and the first earth are passing away have passed away we see a conclusion of what that there was 21 4 we see the former things have passed away i saw uh, the holy city New Jerusalem coming down. So the old is passing away. The earth, heaven, first one passing away, a new one being made, and something coming down. Tim Keller, uh, in one of his sermons, says those two words changed his life. 
what kind of made my ears perk up, like coming down changed your life? And he said, yes. Because most of us have an idea, a hope about heaven that we're going to get out of here. Like, I can't wait till I, you know, my body's breaking down, it's old, and I'm going to leave my body and go up to be there. But this final hope, this ultimate hope, is not us in some disembodied existence going up, but in the new city coming down. So that's very different. Like, I, I was brought up, you know, oh, going to heaven, you know, five years old, six years old, whoo, we're going to go to heaven, we're going to do this, and had these little ideas about, you know, floating around or, you know, these, these, you know, really types of ideas like that. And so this has been very powerful in my life in the last 10 and 15 years of looking towards this hope as not something that I'm escaping from to get away and out and up away from, but that my hope is in something coming down. And that's what this verse says. I saw the new Jerusalem coming down. So our final and ultimate hope is not us going up to, into heaven, but heaven coming down to earth. So we're looking at that today. So whatever things that you uh, thought uh, that were boring about heaven, maybe they aren't so boring. Um, Isaac Asmanov said this, for whatever tortures of hell, I think the boredom of heaven would be even worse. So what have we done wrong as Christians talking about our hope in heaven? I can't wait to get out of here. You know, what's, what's wrong with that? What's unbiblical about that? When John is saying what your hope is, is heaven coming down to earth, this uniting thing that happens. So in Revelation 21.1, where uh, this word about the new heaven and new earth, and then another scripture in 2 Peter 3.13, uh, where Peter talks about the new heavens and new earth, he says, but according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. I'm going to get into that, in which righteousness dwells. But just first, this word new, this new heaven, these new heavens and new earth. Um, this was very powerful to me that the word new there is not nuos, but kainos. So it's a different kind of new than we might think of new means. Uh, we might think new means new in origin and time, something that has never existed before in time, new in origin. But the actual word is kainos, which means new in nature or quality. That is, it's the same earth, but it is changed. It is renewed, is actually probably a more understanding of what this word means, and not just renewed, but glorious renewed, that means it stands in continuity with this present earth, but fulfilled into what God designed it to originally be. Think about this. God doesn't, de you know, he, he, what he does with things is he re-things. You know what I mean? He restores things. He renews things. I think somebody in prayer was regains things. It was in Mary's prayer this morning. There was a, another re that I heard, you know. And God doesn't give up on things. He starts things, and then he renews them. He restores them. He renews them. So this is the more the meaning of that. That really helped me a lot. 
just this glorious renewal of things that um, he has this plan and he doesn't give up on it. So it's kind of like another thing that helped me is like 1 Corinthians 3.13. He says, each one's work will become manifest for the day. And this is the day, the final day. will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire. This, this final like testing with fire. And the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. Uh, you know, and he talks about the foundation of Christ. But some people build on that foundation with wood, hay, and stubble. And fire will test it. And of course, do what? Incinerate it. But the foundation will still be there. They'll still have Jesus. But he says, be careful how you build on it. So build on it with gold, silver, precious stones. Because when fire tests those things, it stays, right? So it's like that with the earth. Fire, when Peter talked earlier about fire destroying the earth, and we even sing about it sometimes, about the earth will be dissolved like snow, you know, and it will pass away. It's talking about a fire that will test the earth and burn up the works on the earth that aren't of God. It's like burning up all of the, everything evil and not of God and that sin corrupted. So it's not a burning up, dissolving of the whole earth itself. It is a renewal. It is a kainos, not a neos. It is a purifying fire that, that all of the works that we built on this earth that we thought were great for the glory of man, all the towers of Babel that we have made and all of the mistakes and all of the, the way we have not been good stewards of the earth and all the pollution and corruption and all that will be incinerated. All the elements in the air that aren't right, those are dissolved. Those are clean. Those are purified even in the heavens, even in the atmosphere, even in the ozone, even out into the heavens now where we're spreading our space junk and trash and things are colliding because it's getting so bad. Even the heavens are renewed, cleaned up, purified, but they're still the heavens. They're glorious. God started with them and they're going to continue. He started with the earth and the earth is going to continue. It's going to be renewed, recleaned. So this hope is coming down. It's not an escape of getting away. It's a coming down and God establishing his kingdom. Can you say amen? amen? Amen. So God's future, his special dwelling place is with his people on earth. That's what it says. I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. The dwelling place of God is with man. Now that's a big revelation. Heaven has come down to earth. The dwelling place of God, the temple, now that the, the temple represented on the earth, uh, clear in the garden, temple in the garden with Adam, how perfect that was. The temple that God had, the tabernacle that he gave instructions to Moses with, the, the temple that Solomon built, the, the rebuilt temple and Ezra and all that. That's where God dwelt. That's where God met in these little small isolated locations. But now he's saying the whole earth, God is coming down. He's bringing his city down. He's uniting heaven to earth. This is what the promises are in Ephesians 1, chapter 9. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1 verses 9 through 10 it says making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him Whew! that's what he's talking about he's talking about coming down heaven uniting with earth and all things in him this is the hope believers have this is what everlasting life hope looks like Ephesians 1 9 through 10 this scripture, unite all things in Colossians 1.20, to reconcile to himself all things, whether in heavens or in earth, this complete reconciliation 
this new heavens and new earth. Wayne Grudem, in his systematic theology quote, says, Christians often talk about leaving and going up into heaven and leaving forever, but in fact, the biblical teaching is richer than that. It tells us that there will be a new heavens and a new earth, an entirely renewed creation, and we will live with God there. God will dwell with men here. A new kind of unification of heaven and earth. There will be a joining of heaven and earth in this new creation. Ponder that for a little while because that's a hope that these believers had that caused them to endure even unto their death. Through the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, they loved their life not even unto death, Revelation said. That means they loved something else so much more. And this is the, the hope that we need to grasp as Christians and not create boring Isaac Asmanovs who think it's worse than hell going this idea that Christians think heaven is. One of the beautiful things is that we're free from all sin fully and forever. I love that. Revelation 22, 3 through 5, I have to kind of bring that in, this conclusion of where our text is at. He goes on to say, no longer will there be any curse. The curse of sin, the, the curse that sin brought. No more thorns, no more uh, all of the things in life that sin has brought, all the corruption and for these Christians, it was no more death, no more dying, no more mourning, no more mourning sadness, no more mourning because of death. That's all been in. No more crying, no more tears anymore out of distress. Not tears of joy and happiness, of course, but tears out of distress, out of pain, out of anguish, out of longings that were not fulfilled and not realized in this world will be realized there and completed there and fulfilled there. Work aspirations that were not fulfilled here. Work was, uh, you know, sometimes hard for me. I haven't done this all my life for the last, you know, 15, 16 years or so. But before that, working uh, with Kathy and Tay at Barnett Carpets, their baby in that business, and Jonathan working there now. Uh, sometimes it was really hard, and I didn't know the value that uh, my work was in God like what I was doing, you know, in business and in working. And the Bible says, do all your work heartily as unto the Lord, knowing that you're pleasing him, not this. But I was doing it about, you know, raising my family, paying the bills. I was just working out of the grind, you know, just go and do it because you're the man and pay the bills. And I wasn't having a whole lot of joy. But God wants us to have joy in our work, and work's going to continue in heaven. You know, work's going to be there, but it's going to be good. You remember the parable of the talents Jesus told? Like, if you're responsible now over the, what I give you in your work, over two cities, you know, he, he compares the two talents to two cities. Like, you took the responsibility I gave and you multiplied it and you did good with it. Now I'm going to give you four in the kingdom to come. Like, you're going to have that responsibility. Things are going to continue. Have you ever imagined, like, the new heavens and the new earth like that? Things continuing? Like, you were responsible over the five talents I gave you. I'm going to give you ten. But this one guy that just hid his talent, and, uh, I feared you, Lord, I didn't want to do anything. He's like, be gone from me. You, didn't multi you could have, you know, put it in the bank and made some interest on it. You could have done something. You did nothing with what I gave you. And in the kingdom to come, where are you? That one's cast out. He wants this work to be fulfilled in, in what we're doing. And I know work is hard. It was, it's sometimes hard. It, it's a grind. And our work can be raising kids and doing laundry one whole day of my week is doing laundry like I'm, I'm kind of at home now more than Teresa's still working and I can manage my schedule that's a lot 
sometimes I think about it down there and I go, what am I doing? You know, just, you know, this whole day devoted, sometimes two days devoted to cleaning. And it's like, and Teresa goes, well, it's doing what I always did. So get used to it. I will not hear your complaints. <laughs> so I have no one to whine to. So it kind of comes out here a little bit. But, you know, it can be joyous too because it was like, okay, God, yeah, I have you right here right now doing this. So enjoy me doing it. Put on some worship music, sing to me, fold them clothes, do that laundry, get up there, clean those clothes, wash that, get things in order. Because God's just, he, he, he likes things in order, you know, not a maybe clean freak, but, you know, things nice and tidy and neat. He, you know, God likes those things. There's, you know, I, David said, I'd rather be a, 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 a door person in the house of the Lord than to dwell with the Lord. You know, like, if, I, if, I, if I'm with God and his eternal kingdom here on this earth, and my job is to go, hey, welcome to the new city. Streets of gold, they look pretty good. And that's all I do all day. Well, welcome to the new city, you know, for, you know, a few thousand years or whatever until he gives me something else to do. I mean, I'd rather do that, right? I'd rather do that. You know, but it's much deeper than that. I mean, it's much more than that. John's trying to take a revelation. He's trying to pass it on. He's trying to explain what God's shown him. And he just says, I saw this. I want you guys to hold on to this hope. Saw this new heaven. This voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them. And they will be his people. And God himself will be their God. See, seeing Jesus, and he says this in Revelation 22, seeing him, being his servant, working as his servants in the kingdom, this is all in Revelation 22, and seeing him face to face, can you imagine? Wow, it's hard to imagine being the creator of the universe face to face and to see Jesus face to face because he has a face like us. He is a human like us and he rules and reigns to be well to see him face to face the lord through whom all things are made for him to him and you're satisfied in him he goes to prepare a place for you and that place you know where it is it's with him i mean that's the ultimate place isn't it that's the ultimate kingdom is that that's what john the revelator gets to in revelation 22 we will see him face to face you know this is a glorious hope that they said i want to please this I want to please Jesus. I'm going to see him face to face that one day. And I'm going to serve in his kingdom forever. I have everlasting life with him. And whatever task he gives me to do in this life, I'm going to fulfill it to the fullest so that I can continue in that task. What if your task is music? Can you imagine what task you're going to be doing musically? What if it is that you love um, cleaning things and you're going to be like the janitor there? And like you're going to keep everything really spotless or things are going to still, I guess. And I don't know. I don't know all the tasks, you know, the servant, but you're going to be serving God and it's going to be more real than it is now. He wants it to be real for you now. He wants you to do all that you do with all your heart as unto him and for your work now. But then it's just going to be fully realized, right? And so all these things are beautiful. The world is renewed. The world is glorified. Uh, this guy named Anthony Hokima, he, he lived in 1913-1988. He was a Christian theologian. He wrote a book called The Bible in the Future. Uh, I wasn't able to read it. I was able to snag some quotes from it uh, from other people. And one of them, he says, The total work of Christ is nothing less than to redeem this entire creation 
from the effects of sin. <laughs> the purpose will not be accomplished until God has ushered in the new earth until paradise lost has become paradise regained. And that's what God's doing. He's given um, us as believers, a Christian, through this text that everything will be renewed, everything will be remade. It's up to your imagination for the passion and the longing that you have in your own heart. Like, well, I always wanted this and it just never happened. I always desired this. And if that desire is not from sin, that will not be allowed in the new kingdom, right? Because righteousness will dwell that Second Peter 3.18 scripture that I read earlier, where righteousness dwells. The curse is no more, right? Sin is done away with. So any desire that you have in your heart, the longing that you had in your heart, and this earth just never quite gave it to me. I always wanted to play, you know, guitar like this, like this rock, and I kind of practiced, and I got to this point. Continue. Why not? Learn it to the fullest. Degrees. Musicians, Christian musicians have written and said, I wonder what kind of music I will be creating in heaven. What will I be doing there? But maybe you like building. Maybe you like architecture. Maybe you like art. You know, what kind of art will you be doing? What kind of tiny part of potential did you reach here that you forever and ever working on are going to be able to just gloriously enjoy in the new heaven and the new earth? What, what will it be? I don't know what your longings are. You know, but these things are a hope that John the Revelator laid out for these believers and said this will change your now no matter what you're going through this is what i saw and this is the end of all things coming down heaven coming down a reuniting of heaven to earth and this was jesus's prayer the lord's prayer that all of us know maybe all of us say maybe all of us have memorized thy kingdom come what's that it's not us escaping somewhere in a disembodied existence but thy kingdom Come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what Ephesians was talking about. The unifying of all things, of heaven coming down. And what will that creation look like? The spiritual united in the physical. And you know what you'll need? A resurrected body for that. So the Bible talks about, and I spoke about that a lot last week, about the resurrected body that this body must put on that's perishable, Corruptible will have to put on imperishable. Why? Because you're a renewed body. You're the same body, right? But glorified, just like the body. Paul says this in the Philippians. The body that the Lord Jesus has is the body you will have. Like that glorified. Glorified like Jesus' body. So you're going to need, so you're going to have, this is your hope, a renewed body, glorified body, not a disembodied soul floating around, but a body that jesus said i'm flesh and bone touch me feel me give me a piece of fish to eat it's 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 tangible it's real it's the longing and the desires when people are mourning and grieving and i i i hear i listen to their mourning and grieving and i know i know the pain i know the sorrows of things not working out like we have dreamed but i say the kingdom oh yeah heaven i don't want to hear about that but that is it that is why now I can endure this. Because I know when the kingdom will come, every desire, every hope, longing that was of God will be fulfilled in the kingdom to come. Maybe it'll be developing technology. Naomi wants to, you know, be involved with NASA and explore 
the heavens, you know, and say, what will that be like? Developing. Why not? Why not developing? Why not scientific endeavors, discovering how God made things and put them together and put the heavens together? And we're still trying to explain that now. Um, amen. Martin Lloyd-Jones, in his great doctrines of the Bible, teaching said, everything will be glorified, even nature itself. Think of Isaiah, you know, the wolf lying down with a lamb, uh, an ox eating grass. No, that's normal. The lion eating grass like an ox. A lion eating grass like, you know, like, think about restored creation. That's what Isaiah's doing too. He's like a, a visionary, like, you know, this vision from God, just like John the Revelator. So creation, Martin Lone Joyce says, everything will be glorified, even nature itself. And that seems to me to be the biblical teaching about the eternal state. That what we call heaven is life in this perfect world as God intended humanity to live it. Whew. What will that be like, reaching what Adam's potential was? And Adam Christ shows some of what Adam's potential is, but we will experience that. That's a great hope. And that's what I leave with you today. As he concluded in Revelation 21, he said, 21.6, he said, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The spring of the water of life. Like you can come now to the spring of the water of life. The appeal is, he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And you can come to him. And John uses this imagery that he used throughout the gospel of John about coming to Jesus, like he said to the woman at the well. If you knew who I was, you would ask of me, and I would give you water, water to eternal life. And that's what John's coming back to in Revelation 21. Come to the spring of water. I will give you this life eternal. Everything depends on water for life. Come to Jesus and all of us are still, even if we've come to Christ, we still have longings, we still have thirst, and he, on the cross, bore our thirst. You know one of the one sayings that he said was, I thirst. He bore our thirst so he could pour out living water to us. Amen? Amen. We're going to celebrate communion and sing a song of praise to Jesus and make much of him in closing singing of heaven's hymn maybe imagining in song about this new heavens and this new earth and what it holds for us as believers so we have these in chairs if you'd like to celebrate communion with us this, this is a small portion of a great feast Jesus said they'll come from the east and the west gather around Abraham's table and we'll have this great feast so one of the ideas that Jesus had of um, the new heavens and the new earth eating drinking very very uh, not wispy <laughs> and floaty very like we're gonna be sitting around the table Jesus said we're gonna be eating people are gonna be coming from all over we're gonna have a great feast and this is a taste of that
It all came because of Jesus. It all came because Jesus was the bread of life. He became bread for us, his body, and he went to the cross and shed his blood for us. The night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he gave thanks to the Father. And he said, this is my body. This is my body. Take and eat. Do this in remembrance of me. We remember you today, Jesus, and partake together. In like manner, he took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant. In my blood given... For you, for the remission of sins, take and drink of it. And when you do, do this in remembrance of me, Jesus said, and remember my death until I come, till I return, till I come again, till heaven comes down. Thank you, Jesus. Let us partake of the cup together. Thank you, Lord. Most high God, for the gift of your son Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for giving your body and your blood for us. Help us to praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. How I long to breathe in.
Shout the hymn. 